Welcome to the fifth episode of the Disney Cruise Line blog podcast. Today we're going to talk about a few of the Norwegian ports of call we visited last summer. However, before we get on to talk about Oslo, Kristiansand, and Stavanger, let's, talk, let's catch you up on the latest news. Last week, the Disney Magic had an extended day in Tortola to allow for reinstallation of one of her thrusters that was removed on a previous voyage for repairs. There's a photo of the thruster being moved into position on the website in the podcast show notes. Following up last week's issue on the Disney Wonder, the CDCC has not updated the report with a causative agent for the outbreak. Reports from passengers on the Panama Canal cruise indicate self-service has returned. Last Thursday, I went to go see Captain America Civil War. Overall, I enjoyed the film, but I felt more like it was a secondary Avengers film than a Captain America titled film. Civil War did a great job of setting up Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But with an ensemble cast, it didn't seem like a standalone Captain America movie, at least to me. Be sure to stay in your seat until the absolute end of the credits. There are mid- and final credit scenes you do not want to miss. In other news, Vancouver Fraser Port Authority awards Disney Cruise Line a Blue Circle Award for 2015. The Blue Circle Award recognizes and honors vessel operators who make environmental choices that go above and beyond regulatory requirements to reduce air emissions. The 2015 award makes this Disney Cruise Line's fourth Blue Circle Award. Earlier this week, the Walt Disney Company released their second quarter 2016 earnings results, and Disney Cruise Line set some records. Disney's Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer Christine McCarthy had this to say. Our cruise business set new second quarter records in revenue and operating income, driven by higher ticket pricing and onboard spending. Disney Cruise Line continues to be a market leader in innovation, creativity, and guest service. The business achieved record financial performance in 2015, and that strength continues in fiscal 2016, with Disney Cruise Line generating its best first half ever. During the second quarter, we announced plans to build two additional ships that will be completed in 2021 and 2023. Our decision to expand the fleet was driven by the outstanding guest response to our product and a business in which we have a strong competitive advantage and where we believe we can drive attractive returns on investment. There is a new discount rolling out across the fleet this week, beginning with new embarkations for Disney Vacation Club members. Discounts include 10% off non-discounted price of any digital photo package, 10% discount on select merchandise purchases of $50 or more, and a 20% discount on the non-discounted price of any massage or facial treatment during port days. From what we understand, this discount will last through the end of the year. Finally, I'd like to take a minute to thank everyone for putting up with last week's audio issues. I'm learning how this whole audio recording thing works by trial and error. Unfortunately, last week was a big lesson learned. Primarily, I didn't double-check, triple-check the mic levels, which I made sure to do this week. Additionally, we're all making sure we are talking into the mics during the podcast. So hopefully, things will sound better this week. Moving on to this week's topic, we're going to talk about a few of the Norwegian ports of call that we visited in 2015 during our 11-night cruise on the Disney Magic. We're going to focus on Oslo, Kristiansand, and Stavanger. 
The Disney Magic will visit all three of these ports in 2016. However, the Disney Magic will not be returning to Oslo or Christiansand in 2017. We're going to get started by talking about Oslo, Norway. In Oslo, we did not book a Disney Cruise Line port adventure, nor did we book any Disney port adventures in Norway on this itinerary. Uh, specifically in Oslo, we went ahead and pre-purchased the Oslo Pass, which was forty, a little over $40 per adult and $21 for kids 4 to 15 years old and seniors 67 and older. It gives you 24-hour access to a bunch of stuff, including museums, public transportation. Uh, the one caveat with this is we were able to purchase this before we left for our cruise at home, but you do need to have a smartphone or possibly a tablet where you can activate it once you're in Oslo because you're, pay you're essentially buying a 24-hour pass, but you have to activate it when you want to start using it. Uh, this was a little problematic at first, trying to get some reliable Wi-Fi once we we're off the ship and realized this. I believe we went back to the ship and got connected to the Wi-Fi because the uh, free Wi-Fi down at the pier or port terminal was a little sketchy and didn't really want to connect very well. But that is something to consider if you do use the, do get the Oslo Pass that you're going to have to find some inter reliable internet to activate it. Once you activate it, we took a screenshot of the QR code, which is what you have to show at various places for admission. Then we didn't have to worry about getting online to pull it up in the app. Emily, what did you think about the Oslo Pass? Um, I'm going to just read some of the verbiage just so that people can get an idea about it. It's actually from visitoslo.com. Um, so... And they offer these passes in several different um, cities in Europe. So um, the Oslo Pass, and again, this is just verbatim from the website. The Oslo Pass gives you entry to more than 30 museums and attractions, free travel on all public transportation, free parking in municipal car parks, free entry to outdoor swimming pools, free walking tours, discounts on sightseeing, the ski simulator, um, an amusement park, concert tickets, climbing, ski and bike rental, and special offers in restaurant shops and entertainment and leisure venues. Uh, a couple of things also about the Oslo Pass. You can get a 24-hour pass, a 48-hour pass, and a 72-hour pass. Um, so if you, you know, happen to go back and visit, you know, you can, and you're there for two or three days, you can get an Oslo Pass for longer. So we kind of tailored our tour towards what our friends, the Jarrett's, and we wanted to see the most. There were definitely things that... Um, that the Oslo pass offered that we just didn't have time for. Um, so, but I mean, they have the Edvard, um, Munch museum. There was the polar Fram ship museum. Um, there was the Contiki museum. There was a ton of different things that you could still see. So the best thing was to go on there look at all the different things, find out where they are in proximity to where you're going to be and kind of map out your day that way. So, Scott, do you want to kind of talk about how we got going? Um, first of all, let me just mention our time in port was 10.30 a.m. to 5.45 p.m. Once we made it past, once, once we got off the ship and activated our Oslo Pass, we walked up, we walked briefly down the street to the 
like a little city square-ish area right near the pier. Kind of got our bearings. We walked around a few blocks, and then we decided to go to the furthest point first, which was the Holman Colon Ski Jump. We walked into the subway terminal, the metro terminal, the train terminal. I don't know exactly what it's called, but we took a light rail up uh, through town and up to the ski jump, which was, the, like I said, the furthest point from town, so then we could work our way back. You're taking public transportation, so you, in this case, we were dropped off at the train station closest to the ski jump, and then we walked up some hills, so it's, if you're thinking accessibility, it's, we, I don't think I would really say it's a wheelchair accessible way of going there, or... It's definitely tough because of the hills. I mean, there were some definite steep grades and going up would be difficult because you're having to really push the wheelchair. But going down would also be difficult to try to control and steer. When you arrive at the ski jump, there are a couple different things you can see. You can walk around. There's a little gift shop. There's a museum. And we the first thing we did was get in line to go up the elevator to the very top of the ski jump where you'd actually go as a skier to go. Because this was the summer and there's no snow, they had a zip line set up from the top all the way down, which was an add-on that we did not have the time to even consider doing. It looked like it was a lot of fun, but at the top of the ski jump, it provides a really nice view of the countryside. You can see the Disney Magic and Port. Anything to add about the observation area? Yeah, Isabel, I would like to hear um, your thoughts being that you were an eight-year-old that went mm-hmm. to these places, and a lot of people don't think to bring kids that are that young because, you know, frankly, they think that you're not going to appreciate that kind of thing. So, you know, this was your first big trip, so to speak, where you had a plane ride overseas, and, um, you know, you got the experience of flying into Copenhagen and getting on the ship and going to all these ports. So I think people with children your age would be very interested to think what you thought. So um, what did you think of Holman Colon, the ski jump? Well, Holman Colon, they had a nice tiny museum at the beginning. We went in it. There were a we few went in the museum at the end, though. Remember after we were done oh, with the yeah. ski jump and then you did the ball pit? Yeah. That was pretty pit. fun. Yeah, there was a slide. Lots of videos and things in there yeah. where they were showing you the use of the ski jump. And but what did you think about taking the elevator to the top? Did you think it was scary? No. And did you like seeing the views? Yes, because um, he, there was a watch thing which was that was in the front. And it was right next to where the people were taking off on the zip line. So you could see how they all worked. They were all... Yes, the observation area? Yeah. That was really cool. And from from a parent's perspective, you know, one of the things that I thought was really neat, well, not just a parent, but a tourist visitor, I enjoyed the views of Oslo and how if you look one way, you see the city, the harbor, or the ship, and you turn the other way, and it's just this beautiful, untouched countryside. It was it was very cool to to literally see from city you know, to countryside. I mean, I, I thought that the view was, was pretty breathtaking. I was impressed. And, um, 
when we were done and we saw the sites, we did go down and go through the museum and go into the gift shop where I purchased some Norwegian slipper socks. Um, it was I was still trying to figure out how to do the conversion rates. And then our friends went and got the Norwegian waffles um, in the gift shop little cafe that they had. And I had my um, typical glass of wine. While Isabel, you were out watching some kids that were doing some sort of acrobatic thing. So basically, I thought, I think it was the Norwegian school on a field trip there. And they were like, they were stacking boxes attached. It was cool. I watched them. It was you Weren't they like, it wasn't like a climbing exercise? Yes. Yeah, like they a rock were, climbing kind of thing? We, they were boxes. Like, what are those boxes? What are those boxes? Uh, crates? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they looked like milk crates. She's right. Milk crates, and they were, um, someone was holding them up. There was a guy at the end, and somebody else that was working there kept handing them crates, and they had to stack them, and people got very high. Stack and climb. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, people that was got up to nine... They got high. That's pretty good. Um, Scott, one of the things that I think would be important to tell your listeners was how you um, actually kind of poo-pooed this idea of going to the ski jump. So um, I know in the blog post, which you know you guys can go ahead and read our, our trip report from this day if you want to see some glorious pictures that were taken from the ski jump. Um, and there's a little... There's a little comment in there that I think, Scott, would be awesome to share with your listeners about um, about this place that you didn't want to go to. Yes, my, my parents took me to Calgary when I was a kid to the uh, Olympic Park there. Got to go up to the top of a, the ski jump there, and that's kind of what I had in mind. This was completely different. This was... He, he, he actually said to uh, Heather and I, I mean, you've been to one ski jump, you've been to them all. <laughs> so we kind of joked about that. And, um, you know, because Heather and I are such nice people, we, of course, did not say I told you so. But Scott was thankful. He was very glad that he got the experience to go up there because, you know, he'll tell you it was unlike what he saw in Calgary. So um, we had to be very mindful of the time because we were trying to see a lot in a short amount of time. And so we had to hop back on our metro to kind of get back to the next place we were going to. So um, preemptively, Heather and I, and probably um, Heather's husband, Scott just said, you know, I'll go wherever you guys want to go. The museum had free Wi-Fi. <laughs> the museum had free Wi-Fi, yes, of course. So there was a lot of tweeting and blogging. A preoccupied. Right. But we we needed to, um, we wanted to see a few more places. So we took the subway station, or the, I'm sorry, the metro, to the next place, which was closest to the uh, sculpture park that we were going to. Isabel, did you have anything you wanted to add before we talk about that? No. Okay. So, Scott, do you want to give us an introduction on the sculpture park? And then we'll let Isabel give her thoughts before I go. After we left the ski jump, we... Uh Got back on the train, took it to our next stop. Well, not really to our next stop, but closest stop to our next point of interest. 
and then we walked. Uh, it wasn't that far. A few city blocks. It was just a few city blocks. I, I wouldn't say it was that far. I think it seemed longer than it was just because we didn't know where we were going. Also, because I don't think Scott mentioned this at the beginning, but Europe was experiencing a heat wave and it was unseasonably warm at that time. And we prepared for the trip with jeans and long sleeve t-shirts. Now, m- being smart travelers, us um, and the Jarrett's included, we layered up. So we, you know, we did have short sleeves and jackets we could take off, but it was in the mid seventies. It was gorgeous weather and we weren't really prepared for that. So we were kind of, you know, hoofing it around at the same time. So I would say that Scott is about right when we were talking about a, a few city blocks, but you know, we are using a map and, and trying to figure out where where we were going to. However, you can't miss where our next stop was. I mean, you just kind of happen upon the location. Yes, our next stop was the Vigeland Sculpture Park, which in with Disney Cruise Lines Port Adventures there, it comes with a disclaimer. And I think for the most enjoyable explanation of the sculpture park we'll let Isabel handle that so basically the sculpture park is a bunch of sculptures about naked people (laughs) and there's one that's supposed to be a good luck baby that has a gold hand and that's probably so germy everybody wanted their picture with that good luck baby and there was a gold hand on it the one thing that I will I will uh, comment about the sculpture park is I wasn't prepared for the sheer size of it. It was 80 acres. Yeah, it was huge. And there were people playing soccer and people laying around reading. And um, it's definitely a place where I think that there were local folks going as well as tourists. And I mean, we just we walked around, kind of gave ourselves a quick tour of it. Um, But it was it was very big. Scott went to the different highlights um, to make sure that he got pictures of all of them. But it, it was, it was nice that I'm, I'm definitely glad that we had the, uh, we had the experience to go there. Tasteful photos. <laughs> yes. Tasteful photos were taken by the Sanders family and probably the Jarrett's as well. So um, we had our trip to the sculpture park and then the next places we were going to, were going to be, um, traveling by bus. So remember, the transportation is included in your Oslo Pass, so you don't have to pay any of these separate fares from going to place to place, which is which is really nice. Um, we knew that we wanted to um, hit a few very important places, and the next two spots that we hit happened to be right next to each other. So from the Sculpture Park, it was only a few blocks to pick up the, the bus to take us over to the Viking Ship Museum. Uh, the Viking Ship Museum, some of you might recognize from the Spirit of Norway film at the end of, well, what used to be the end of Malstorm at Epcot. R.I.P. You are not the first to pass this way. Nor shall you be the last. But in there, there's old Viking ships that you can walk around Unlike the Epcot film, you cannot go and touch them. However, one of the long ships dated to 800 to 900 AD. It was, it was pretty cool. Isabel, what did you think about the Viking Museum? It was cool because 
in most of the corners, there was a little stairwell where you could go up and see the inside of the ship. And it was good for photos because you can get the inside. Right. So when you're walking around kind of um, in the bottom floor, you know, the ground of the Viking Ship Museum, you can see the, you know, sheer size of these um, ships. And then you can go up to these little observation areas and see kind of down in the ships. And the Viking Ship Museum is not as big as you would think. It's big enough to have the ships in it. But um, we were able to see that fairly quickly. You know, of course, there's your typical gift shop in there. Um, but I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the, the Viking Ship Museum. One thing about the Viking Ship Museum I see in our trip report, uh, the Disney Cruise Line Port Adventures talked about no photography or videography in the, ship, in the, in the museum. However, we did not encounter that limitation everybody that we saw taking pictures we stood next to security you know yeah, security guards were very nice i mean i mean it was we not did not an see issue. any signage to no photography so uh definitely don't leave your camera on the ship if you're going there because there's definitely the opportunity at least from our experience right um yeah i i definitely definitely enjoyed the Viking Ship Museum. I think that that's, you know, a, a classic Norwegian thing to see. Now, the cool thing about that is right next door was the Norwegian Folk Museum. And our main reason for wanting to go there was for the um, Stav Church. And the Stav Churches um, are like exactly what you see in Norway at Epcot. So that's kind of what their, you know, church was built off of. The Folk Museum is is fairly large, they have a lot of very cool exhibits, but, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, it was, you know, kind of getting down to the wire and we were, we were in and out of there. So, um, they have lots of different setups for, you know, historic Norway setup, uh, like little schools and, you know, certainly would have been an awesome place if we had more time there, but we had our eye on the prize. We wanted to see the Stav churches and Isabel can tell you about going into them. Scott and I didn't actually go into the church. Um, we sent Isabel and the Jarrett sent their son in, took video and so on. So, um, Isabel, what did you think of, this, of the Folk Museum and the Stop Church? The inside of the museum, there were some stuff set up. You were not allowed to touch that stuff. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Right, it's a museum. And there were some people in there watching them. We were the only people in there, but... There were employees yeah. watching to make sure. Okay, cool. And so it was very, very detailed. And inside, hmm, how could I describe that? How was it set up, Isabel? Was it like a church? Was it like, what was the setup like? There Unfortunately, we were unable to post Isabel's video because she, it was taken sort of all of a Blair Witch Project situation. So there was a lot of fast movements and different camera angles. So we didn't, we, it was a little difficult to make out. But bless her little heart, she tried. And um, it was also dark. It was dark in there. Yes. Very, very true. So. There were no chairs set up though. Okay. So it was just like some stuff. Like, there was a leveled-up area in the front of the church with some stuff on it. Okay. Like a music stand. 
music, music sheet stand. So by the time we finished at the Stav churches, we knew we had to go out and catch the bus to go back to the port. So um, all aboard was 545. We got back to the port at 505. Now, right where the bus leads off, where you can see the port, you can also see the Oscar House Fortress. And so we did plan on stopping at the fortress on our way back to the ship. However, we do early dining. And so our our dining was at 545. And we didn't want to immediately get on the ship and go into the dining room because since we kind of had a warm, you know, sweaty day, we wanted to shower and, and get ready to go to dinner. Um, so we didn't we didn't do that. But for those of you that do go to the Port of Oslo, you will find that the, you know, the Oscar House Fortress is right when you get off the ship. The other thing I want to mention is we passed these restaurants that were right by the port that had these bountiful buckets of freshly caught that day seafood. And Scott, who is allergic to shellfish, even commented that, boy, these buckets looked glorious. And, and Isabel and I, our mouths were watering because it, it looked so good. I mean, it's bountiful humongous portions so um my closing thoughts and then i'll pass it on to the family we saw the holman colon holman colon ski jump the sculpture park the ship museum and the folk museum so we saw four different things we were essentially in port the entire time um you know we got back to the bus area at 505 we probably boarded the ship around 520 i think if i recall correctly because we kind of teased the jarrets that the sanders like to cut it close we we like to spend all of the time we can in the port so um you know we are we are pushing the envelope on that one and so that's one of the things that i will say that i feel that for our family of three two adults one child for under 105 dollars um, total for all of us because remember there is no tipping that's necessary when you're taking public transportation there is no tour guides that, that's how much it cost us um, there is no way that we could have gotten any of that from a Disney excursion I mean 10345 total for the three of us you know it does take a little bit of work because you are uh, having to f use the map and public transportation and Heather had been to Oslo before so she was able to kind of interpret some things for us but everybody is very friendly everybody is very helpful that you ask locals you know at the bus station we had a question it was great so um, I have to say that I I totally felt that I got the most of my time in Oslo and I actually got on the ship wanting more Isabel, what are your final thoughts on Oslo? What was your favorite thing you saw? The Holman Cullen ski jump. The ski jump, yes. And did you enjoy Oslo as a port? Yes. Yes. And so did it make you want more? Yeah. Yeah, we wanted that seafood dinner, didn't we? That looked delicious. That looked so delicious. I couldn't eat the whole thing, though. I would need help. Yeah. I would share it with you. No problem. Also a glass of vino. Oh, of course. Scott, how about you, Oslo? The one thing that I would have liked to have seen or gone into is the Oscar House Fortress right off the pier. Uh, that's one of the things we didn't really have enough time as we were working our way back. But definitely Oslo is one of those places love to spend some more time, extended time. In fact, 
happily have given up one or two of the ports that we uh, eventually visited on this itinerary for more time in Oslo. Uh, I will say that one of the things that, you know, people will mention to us, family members, you know, oh, how can you go to these cruises? You know, why don't you just go and spend the time there? I think that that's sort of what cruising does, at least for our family. You know, we go and we visit these places and then we would say, yeah, I would like to come back here. Um, you know, we did that in the Caribbean, St. John, U.S. Virgin Island. I, I'm only going to speak for myself, happens to be my favorite Caribbean island we visited so far. And we went back and spent 10 days there. So cruising kind of does its job in the sense that you either go there and you say, hey, I've spent enough time here. Or you go there and you say, you know what? I didn't see enough. I want to come back. Or you go there and you say, all right, we're good. We've we've been there, seen that. And um, I think that's a perfect segue, Scott, into you uh, kind of talking about our next port because I think that was kind of what the family thought about uh, about the next port. Our next port of call was Christiansand, Norway. It's on the uh, northern tip of Norway. Uh, we arrived, yeah, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning when we made it off the ship. Well, again, we didn't, we didn't really have any plans in this port. We are just going to get out, walk around, and, you know, go with the flow, more or less. Our first stop was a, uh, the Christian's Home Fortress, which, from, a, from far, it looked kind of like a cool fortress with cannons surrounding it on the water over upon further inspection it was i don't know it's kind of a place that looks like you'd go for a wedding reception Uh, the word that i would use to describe it was underwhelming isabel what did you think about the fortress the cannons were cool the cannons were cool i will also admit that i did enjoy the view the view from from up there was cool some nice photos Nice photo ops. You can, again, if you head over to our trip report and you go to um, the Christian Sod port, you can see the photos that were taken. Um, there were definitely some lovely views, but the fortress itself? Didn't really get much of a history lesson or learn about the history of the fortress. Uh, in fact, I don't even remember seeing a plaque or a sign. Uh, so it was more or less just a it's kind of a casual walkthrough, uh, and we continued around. We walked around a marina. Yeah, we walked around a marina where there were some boats uh, docked, which, yeah, that was a marina with, with boats docked. Um, and uh, we kept walking on because there was a, we had one of those, you know, port maps that they give you. and Tourist map. And Scott and Isabel and I thought it would be fun to go check out the I'm going to use air quotes, which you can't see, but the beach. So, <laughs> Scott, what did, what did you think about that beach? It looked like a cool place to hang out, and it would be a, probably a great place if you're like living in that area to go swimming. But and and there were people swimming. Remember I told I you that it was unseasonably warm. Was Scott put a toe in the water. Beginning of July, and... The water was like 50 or 60 degrees. It was, I was in the 60s. There was a thermometer hanging off one of the stairs. It was beyond chilly. 
and the the beach was uh, like this pebbly material mm-hmm. um the the one thing that was cool was you could tell they were setting up for some sort of local concert uh that evening and there was a park around there so there were there were different things to do but as we kept on walking we found this awesome park with a very nice view that had this climbing structure so isabel do you want to talk about trying your luck at this climbing structure well it looked very fun i did try it but the the ropes that were on it were too spaced apart for my yeah mine too (laughs) you really had to be tall for this climbing structure live by a few those are easier and they're closer together so i can get up there yeah, you didn't we didn't quite have the leg span for this for was, it this was definitely set up more for an adult activity uh, scott gave it a whirl i gave it a whirl then i decided to I fail did, miserably i didn't want to injure myself i don't want to get hurt uh there were a couple guys from the cruise that made it all the way to the top you know we took their picture to prove it they did not have an easy time though i i I mean still did it yeah it was a struggle for them but it was it's it's it definitely was neat was definitely neat and the reward for that is a good photo from up there you got it and hopefully you have somebody there to take it right yeah and if you bring your camera while you're climbing i have to do a selfie so we, we took the map uh, and we kind of walked towards the center of town um, where the next stop was. We were going to see a cathedral. And the Cathedral of Christian Sand in the city center. We, uh, we walked into the church. Uh, photography was permitted, but we didn't have any cash on us, so didn't really feel it was right to take photos inside, but... Uh, there was a organist playing, and a lot of groups were flowing in and flowing out. Uh, it's pretty cool looking inside. Nice old church, and I think we spent more time walking around outside the church uh, in the, that little city center area. With there's a fountain. A very cool architecture, you know, if you look at the some of the photos that that Scott took, the architecture is is very pretty. And although there are no inside pictures, the outside pictures do do it justice. And the the day was a essentially a cloudless day in the sky. So some some very, very pretty pictures. I actually took an underwater camera on port. And so I took it and put it into the fountain. And that came out some pretty wacky photos. Yeah, she took... That was pretty cool. That was a a neat thing to do. Um, So we were done with the cathedral. We walked around the city center and looked... Kind of did some window shopping. Uh, Shop with free free Wi-Fi that everybody from the ship was crowded around. Yes. That was the one store that you would call the tourist trap store that had all of the... You know, the Norway Viking ship candles, the pens, the pins, the thimbles, all the collector stuff that you can get that says Florida, New Orleans, St. John. Um, you could get it that said Norway. Yeah, this this was definitely set up for the uh, cruise market. Uh, There's also a little area in the back where you could book day excursions. 
And yes, they offered complimentary Wi-Fi out front. There were quite a few people out there with their laptops. There's also free coffee right outside on the street. Uh, it was nice. From there, we continued to walk around. It was getting to be about lunchtime. We walked around to this little harbor area. It's one of those where locals can come tie up their boats right there on the right there in front of the locations and go walk around various establishments. I was kind of looking for a place to get some local beer and some decent lunch. We 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 did find one spot that looked pretty good. We walked in, we were seated. It was, I believe it was a I believe it was a seat yourself kind of place. And we attempted to get lunch. People there was a, a waiter there that said, we'll be back with your menus. But after 15, 20 minutes, no menus. Yes, we were kind of, I don't know if the person, their shift ended or whatever. It just never came to be, so. I never saw I was, that person again. I was kind of beyond the hangry point of the day. And thankfully, the family noticed that before it got any worse and they decided, why don't we just go back and have some lunch at Cabanas on the ship? As I kind of alluded to when we were talking about Oslo, this was one of those ports where I kind of wish we could have skipped or had a shorter day in just so we would have had more time in Oslo. I mean, I'm sure if we really looked hard at what there was to do, we could have maybe found something to doing the afternoon i will However. say i'm going to jump in here i did look i looked at the disney excursions i looked at what there was to do on our own i personally felt that the port was underwhelming scott is one of those people that just says you know book it and and take me on it i can't ask him for input and he'll say you know if you have to choose between a and b then he'll give you a choice usually isabel is more uh willing to choose something but I, it wasn't for lack of trying. They're, they're definitely, you know, Oslo is a much larger city. There's definitely a lot more to do. And we mentioned multiple times how it would have been awesome to spend the night in Oslo, you know, kind of a la Reykjavik and be able to see something the next day, even just for the morning and have skipped Christian sod because I don't, I'm going to say my opinion. I didn't feel like that there was anything that I saw in Christian Saad that, you know, I would have been sad to miss. But there were definitely way more museums and, and things that I would have loved to see in Oslo. So, Isabel, did you give your final thoughts on Christian Saad? Christian Saad was a good port, but not the best port. You were still glad you got to experience it? Yeah. Was a city in another country? Yeah. I mean... Nice local people. Basically. The, it was beautiful, but there was not much to do there. Moving along, our next port of call in Norway was Stavanger, which is on the western coast. This was, this was actually one of the shorter port days. The ship arrived at 7, all the shores time was 7.30, and we had to be back on at 12.45. So let's talk again about, you know, a port where 
I'm going to jump ahead here. We wish we had more time. And uh, we were originally planning to go with the Jarrett's off to see the Sword in the Rock. Swords in the Rock, however, we had a little uh, communication snafu with the Disney Disney Cruise Line's Navigator app and the chat feature that we're using to communicate between us at that point. Uh, regardless, we realized that that's not the best way to communicate with fellow passengers on the ship. I would say the Disney uh, Cruise Line app's chat feature is not really dependable when it comes to important things. Definitely uh, plan ahead and, you know, make the phone call to the state, your friend's stateroom or, you know, set a hard meeting point. It's basically not that accurate, but yeah. it still works. Yes, it, it works, but when, for important things, I think you better have a backup plan. So in our case, we don't go our own separate ways because we can't get a hold of each other. And this is on a classic ship where it's easy to find people more most of the time. Anyway, since we did not have much, we only had about five hours of shore time, we were quick to get off the ship only to realize, only until I realized I left my memory card back in my laptop. So while the rest of the family is ready to go to the bus stop, I had to make my way back through security and up to the stateroom and back to get the memory card for the day. One little thing that I want to jump in here and say is I don't go out and purposefully you know, see how I cannot do a Disney excursion. You know, this cruise we went on was 11 night cruise that visited three ports in Norway, two ports in Iceland and a port in Scotland. And we did zero Disney cruise line excursions and we did um, everything on our own. I looked at each Disney excursion that was offered in each port. And what typically we came across was either one excursion didn't visit all the places we wanted to go to or simply the value wasn't there. So the one of the things we wanted to do in Stavanger was to go see these swords in the rock. Certainly there were a few excursions that had that. Um, you know, I think it would have been neat to go to the oil rig museum, uh, but we, we kind of did our own research. So, Scott, do you want to take us to how we got to the Swords in the Rock? Yeah, we, when we got off the ship, everything's kind of like right off the pier in terms of there's shopping, there's little restaurants and gift shops and all that stuff. But we, we had to get our bearings with, the, with, the lo, with a real local map to go find the bus stop that we needed. Uh, during our time there, there, the bus stops were undergoing some construction, so it was a little tricky to find the one. Turns out the one we needed was across the street from where it usually is located. Uh, we still were able to get on the bus about 8:42. Well, that's a little specific. We're <laughs> well, that's when we had to be at the bus. That's where the pickup was. And one real quick thing to interject in here is, we used um, a credit card pretty much everywhere we went because the um, the exchange fee was you know, that's charged by your bank is minimal. It was like 1% or something insanely cheap. But we did change some money at the Disney Cruise Line guest services desk because we knew that we were going to be taking the city bus for this and that that would be a cash-only situation. So just of note, um, and we didn't change any money in, in Iceland or Scotland, but just of note, 
Um, it was important to have some of the Norwegian krona in hand for um, this specifically. For two adults, Isabel is actually free for the bus. Cost around 80 krona, which is you know roughly ten dollars American. We uh, and that that gives you a defined period of time where you can get on and off on the same bus route. So that $10 was more than enough to cover our transportation to and from the swords in the rock. Uh, we did get up when we did get off at the swords in the rock bus stop. It was a little bit of a walk from the actual, you know, public transportation bus stop. However, it was negligible considering how cheap it was. Uh, we were there, and one of the best parts about not going with a tour group off an excursion on either through Disney or uh, a private, a local company, uh, you could tell you, we essentially had the whole area to ourselves once the tour groups dispersed. That time between tour groups, the whole area was empty. But once the bus came, it all came, everybody was there. So it was really kind of nice to have the that area and to explore with nobody else around. Actually, Isabel made the comment that, you know, every, you know, these three buses come, all these people pour off and then, I don't know, 10 minutes goes by five minutes, all these people pour back on again. And Isabel said that she enjoyed not feeling rushed because you're not, you know, you're not forced through, you come to this country, you make an effort to come out here and then they say, okay, you know, come out get your quick picture and get back on the bus again and go to the next place. So Isabel was the one to actually notice that several different tour groups came through while we were there. Um, and we weren't there for very long. What would you say guys? Maybe about a half an hour, 20 to 30 minutes, maybe yeah. like 25, yeah. 27. Not long. Cause we were, we wanted to make sure we could get back on the bus within the time period not having to buy another bus ticket. But, you know, for, for those of you listening and, and putting this in perspective, think about that. For 10 U.S. dollars, $10, three of us, two adults and one child, bought bus fare to go see this Swords in the Rock, which was beautiful, breathtaking, awesome scenery, surrounded by cool local built houses i mean it was great for ten dollars got to spend how much time we wanted there there were picnic tables everywhere so you know we could have certainly brought some food and had a picnic brunch there um it it was awesome it was just a very cool monument to see um for for ten dollars so being comfortable and being able to take the transportation on your own you know, we got on the bus and we said, you know, we wanted to make sure this is the bus that takes you back to. So, yes, you know, they're very easy. So, Isabel, what did you think about the Swords in the Rock? Because I know you were looking forward to that. It was very pretty. Um, way bigger than I thought. And if you just walked a little past the Swords in the Rock, there was like this beach. And that was cute, a little beach. Yeah, there were some locals that were yeah, hanging, out the hanging out with the, it was like a rocky, pebbly beach. Yeah. Very, very pretty location. Okay. So, um, Isabel, as an eight-year-old, would you say you were bored by this at all? No. No. Did you feel uncomfortable taking any public transportation in any of the ports? No. No. 
And there's also another thing that was by the swords that was cool. In the Norwegian language, there was a sign Mm -hmm. on a rock by the swords in the rock. And we couldn't read it, but if you looked online, you could see what it means. And the translation was there. Yeah, but I tried to read it. In yeah, that was cool. And the interesting yeah. thing, too, for us is that the Swords in the Rock um, monument wasn't as old as we thought. So, you know, that that was kind of an interesting thing. It's not it's definitely not something that's been there since since the Viking era. Foolish tourists. <laughs> Foolish tourists. <laughs> um, yeah. So we walked up to the bus stop and got back on the bus and drove through town. And for for ten dollars, we. <laughs> Saw exactly what we planned on seeing in the port that day. Yeah, when we got back off at the bus stop, we were able to kind of walk around. There was some little lake and just off the cute little lake with, were there swans swimming? Yeah, I think there were swans. Swans, ducks. It was was just adorable. All the little shops and Mm -hmm. it was a very, very cute little town. We walked past another, you know, pretty cool looking church and... We found one of the, there was a local tour group outside uh, with their megaphone. So we kind of stood there for a while and listen, listened to the tour <laughs> yeah. leaders spiel, spiel over a little megaphone. So a little free <laughs> history of the church. That was fun. And then continued to walk around and we stopped at a Starbucks that had recently opened, which was a nice little break. Caffeine, uh, caffeinated up, and then we walked back through the uh, little shopping. I don't know if you'd call that a shopping district or the retail district right off the pier. Yeah, it was it was adorable. Like an, kind of like an outdoor mall, mm-hmm. maybe. A lot of shops went in. It was kind of interesting to see like the local, you know, toys. One of the stores had a lot of like Disney coloring books and Disney books and, you know, trans, tra- different translations. Like the Frozen books were Frost books. Uh, that was interesting to see. Then our favorite stop, I think we spent most of our time, was in the local Salvation Army. We spotted and it. And the funny thing is, is that the Salvation Army is smart. And there were a lot of these in Oslo, too, that we didn't stop at, um, although Scott wanted to. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, they know that the tourists want to bring home a Norwegian sweater. So there's a rack outside of the Salvation Army stores full of Norwegian sweaters. And they are reasonably priced Norwegian sweaters. So Scott um, went in and it was all about trying to find the sweater in the size that he wanted. And I don't know how it happened, but as luck would have it, I found a 1994 Lillehammer Winter Olympics sweater. It was only, I don't know, it came out to like $10 US. Yeah, if, if even that. And that was pretty cool. Additionally, there was, like any kind of thrift store, there were books. There was a, the 101 Dalmatians book in the local language. Probably. That store was busy. <laughs> Thinking back, it would probably have been cool to buy one of those books just to have it from the trip. But we, uh, the last place we stopped at was the quote-unquote trinket shop. Uh, what do you call it? 
It was right by the ship, too. Qu- quick note about the Salvation Army before Scott moves on to the uh, tourist shop. That was a, another cash-only place, and so we used up the last of our Norwegian krona there. So um, we you know, essentially got a, a few items there to total out the amount to... And, you know, it goes to a good cause, so we, we were happy to do so. But right by the port is the, um, again, the the trinket shop that has the all of the things, you know, with Stavanger, keychains, bottle openers, etc. I lost my patience. I left. Scott was, took his patience hat off. It was, I did not pack my patience for this little oh. store. It was wall-to-wall people or merchandise stands and I was uninterested so yeah this was a tough store I have to admit um you know we stopped in there because it was the store right by the port and that's the stuff that was going to have your you know any of the merchandise on it and um it's okay that that Scott's patient's hat was gone because he needed his Patient had at the beginning when we were looking for the bus stop and the construction. So um, he just waited outside for us. And Isabel and I went in and shopped, just looked around. Isabel? Well, outside the gift shop, there was a balance beam that lots of kids from the ship, while their parents were shopping and some parents were there to watch, were attempting the balance beam. So it wasn't one of those plastic balance beams. It was like the... Wasn't it a rope? Yeah. Elastic, like a big, thick elastic. Not many people made it. kind of like a band, yeah. Some adults attempted it, but there was one girl, I would say about 12 or 11. She did it. Stavanger was definitely one of those ports where I wish we would have had more time. We definitely only scratched the surface. uh, And really, we didn't try to do too much because we only had five hours there and i mean short of our little walk around we didn't really have much extra time to do anything and even the um you know we did the same thing we did in oslo which was you know get out to the swords see the swords and get back first so it's kind of that go to the farthest point first and I believe there was a Disney excursion that ha- there was. I know there was one excursion that had the swords, but it also had some something else that we weren't interested in personally uh, that went with it. So that's one reason why we didn't book it. And and I can guarantee you that for the three of us, it would have been more than ten dollars total. So Isabel, what did you think of Stavanger? It was another very fascinating port. Another port that I would have wanted more time in. Um, the places we, well, the swords, when we went to see that, was pretty fun. Would be nice to see those at nighttime. Yeah. Those look pretty from online pictures at nighttime. And there was lots of, like, little stores. Some of them you can find in America in that little outdoor mall. Would have been place. nice to eat some local fare there as well for lunch, yeah. but the time just, Didn't there was out. just, yeah, there was just no time to do that. I'm not a big port shopper, but the store, area, the retail area was interesting because you didn't have your typical port, Diamonds International, and there are a lot of local local stores to kind of see what things were like in a different country. No Diamonds International, Del Sol, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tanzanite International, 
etc. Um, and the cool thing about this port is, this port area is, it was hilly. There were brick streets. I mean, it was... It had character. Very much so. Very, very much so. It wasn't just a plain street and sidewalk. It was lived in. It wasn't just dedicated like a tourist or a cruise port. It was more a city area that happens to have a cruise port. Very interesting port to pull into and sail out of as well with all of the, you know, oil ships and things that you came around. So that was that was very interesting watching them. I was in the gym while we were, you know, pulling into dock and and that was very that was very cool to watch all the all the things that you pass by. So um, you know, I'll kind of give my Norway thoughts in closing first. Um, I, I liked Oslo. I liked Oslo a lot. It was probably my favorite of all three Norway ports. I'm with Isabel. I liked Holman Colon. I liked the ship museum. Um, there wasn't anything that I was bored by or didn't see. Um, it, it was, it was a great port. So, um, wish we had more time would have happily skipped Christiansand, um, to have more time in Oslo and or Stavanger, Totally glad that we went on the trip. the The local Norwegians are just super nice people, super helpful, very friendly. Um, definitely, really, really enjoyed myself. So um, that's how I would kind of rank the ports: would be Oslo, Stavanger, and Kristiansand. Isabel. Well, my favorite port was Oslo. I really like the places we visited in all the ports. Really good. The, the place was beautiful. Once we were sailing into all the ports, it was a beautiful view. I saw some photos, and I also looked at it. Right. And again, I'm just going to ask for the uh, listeners. Um, as at the time you were eight, now you're nine, um, how would you feel? Did you feel like you were bored or dragged along by your parents? Or, you know, as an eight-year-old, did you were you actually able to enjoy everything and like everything? Definitely able to enjoy it i really like the ports you weren't bored yeah i was not bored awesome awesome good to hear and scott final thoughts from you on norway ports of call i mean reiterate that had a lot of had a great time in oslo definitely want to go back stavanger was a port that we just kind of scratched the surface and there's potential for even more exploration and I saw more than I probably need to see in Christian sand. However, I don't want to rule it out because who knows, maybe I missed something. So if there's something we missed. Make sure make us feel bad. Let us know what, what it was. Uh, I do want to say this, uh, this episode was definitely uh, re- requested by a few people to talk about the Norwegian ports However, I know some of the other ones we're not able to touch on. Alsland, Geringer, and Bergen, we just did not visit, so we can't really share our thoughts on any of those ports, and it wouldn't really be fair to make anything up. And we did, um, you know, originally last year, we were booking a cruise for our 10th anniversary, and we did choose, we had planned on going to Alaska, and then... The, the cruise with, with Norway and Iceland, and at the time, the Faroe Islands was released. And so Scott said, you know, look, we've got to book it. So, um, you know, I talked with my friend Heather, and 
we both decided to just take the plunge and go for it and book it. And so glad we did. For any of you that look at Scott's tweets or blog posts, you guys know that I absolutely hate cold weather um, and was concerned. But this cruise was phenomenal. And I was very glad to share it with my husband and daughter, um, you know, with the Norway and Iceland port. So there was the nine night fjords cruise that offered those other Norwegian cities. But we went ahead and and booked this one. Um, because of the the Iceland and at the again at the time the Faroe Islands, which they swapped out for Kirkwall, Scotland, which is a stay on the stay on the ship port to me. <laughs> that's 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 neither here nor there. So got anything, Isabel? Nope, I'm about finished. Hope you enjoyed our um, views of Norway. Thanks for for asking us to talk about these ports. Um, you know, we enjoyed certainly reliving these memories, and you know, definitely visit the blog to look at the pictures and the full trip reports. Um, if you want links to things, you know, more information about the Oslo Pass, which we got from visitoslo.com. Um, anything, you know, even going back to the Iceland things, you know, it's it's all there for you. Definitely have those links in the show notes. Thanks for listening this week. Thank you. Thanks again. You can connect with the show via the comments on the website, Twitter at the DCL blog, or give us a call at 321-765-3252 with questions, comments, or feedback.